comedy podcast Rooney. <laughs> hey, it's Mike. This time on the podcast, I beg you to fast forward to 10 minutes in. Believe me, because we talk about gross stuff again. Gross bodily functions and issues and STD tests. Believe me. Fast forward to 10 minutes in, please. And then we'll talk about cool things like Tom Petty, uh, Jerry Seinfeld comedy show I went to live. Uh, also, Peter went to a benefit with a super long-winded Tommy Chong. He's got a lot of stories about that whole event. And uh, we'll throw a couple of Trump jokes in there and more. So thanks for listening. Remember to get past the gross stuff and go to 10 minutes in. All right, people. Let's hear it for all the comedy tonight. Next up, you may have seen them on that late, late, late show. Probably not. And the stupid failed Star Search reboot thing. Please give a whatever town USA welcome to... Comedy Podcast Rooney with Peter Berman and Mike Crank. Come on, people. Give it up for him. All right. We good? We need to test anything? We're good. All right. I tested them before you came. Okay. Because, you know, I was trying to be... What do you call that? Pro? Yeah. Professional? All right, we are we are we starting? We're starting. I like to just jump right in. I like to not make it like a hey, welcome yeah. to the comedy the podcast, podcast of Rudy. Yeah, I was I listened to uh, the episode nine that was where you were telling the story about Tourette's boy. Yeah, when we worked at Comedy mm-hmm. World and you went into the movie theater and we're doing whoop 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 whore, whore. Yeah, dude, I searched high and low in my house to find this audio. I've not searched at all. I'll, I'll search. I cannot find it anywhere. I'll search. I've not done it. It's in my attic. I don't like going up there. But attics I, are weird. The attic? Yeah. Attics. Basements? This stuff. Attic. Basement. I think attics are a little creepier. Mine's creepier. Yeah. Attics. Parking garages, too. Do you have the kind of like, attic? Like, I'm not super paranoid at parking garages, but they're weird, too, man. Do you have the kind of attic where you have to pull the thing down yes. to the ceiling like in yeah. Christmas yeah. vacation? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you climb up the ladder and yeah, the ladder's smells, all rickety. It smells attic-y. Yeah. It does. And things I, are up there. Attic is At a one fragrance. point in time, I had roof rats. Yeah, which I don't know why they're called roof rats because they were in my attic. Right. They should. Yeah, that sounds like an attic. So rat. you know, I had to, yeah, an attic rat. So I had to, uh, you know, we had to eradicate the rats. But I just feel like they're present somehow. You know what I mean? So I feel like they touched my stuff. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> when when you had them in the house, could you hear them running? Not the house. The attic? The attic. Well, that's your house, isn't it? In the house makes it sound like we were like communally living. Okay, when you were in the house mm-hmm. and the rats, the attic rats were in the attic, could you hear them running across the At night, yeah. yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. When I was a kid, we uh, had rats in our attic, and you could hear them in the walls, like climbing through yeah. the walls. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember like pounding on the wall, and you could like have it move up the wall <laughs> as you were pounding on the wall. And my mom was freaking out because no, she just who, hates No, you shit. don't. Listen. I don't even like when ants come in my house. Yeah, me neither. I got no problem with ants or rats when they're doing their own thing. Right. When they're in my shit. <laughs> right. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how, what did you do to a rat? You called in an exterminator? Yeah, hell what, yeah. What did they do? Do they do the It's so bait? funny. I own a pet food and supply store, and like at least once a day, someone has to come in and talk about diarrhea. <laughs> not pet, their own. Not their own. Diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no one likes talking about diarrhea, right? Yeah. But I hear it all the time, so it's no big deal to me. You follow me? You're like a doctor. Right. And I, right. And I know it's coming because they're like, <laughs> yeah, um, and they start pausing and they sort of look around a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I give them a look like, just say it. You're like, diarrhea. <laughs> I feel like I must have been that same way when you're calling for, you know, like you call the exterminator. Obviously, mm-hmm. you, you have something. Do you want them to, and you're, I'm like, yeah, um, uh, 
Yeah. Even now, telling you I had rats in my attic, I'd have just blurted out, or otherwise I wouldn't have said it. You know what I mean? Who wants to tell people they have rats, man? Well, did, was he on the phone going, it's rats, Yeah, rats, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you would appreciate this. I think you would like this. Oddly enough, I thought of you. This might make you feel funny after I say it, but I thought of I'm, you. I'm excited. I thought of you. You ever do this? You ever go to pee, right, and you pee, and you're, you're aiming right in there, right? Yeah. But it makes a V? Yes. Right? Yeah. One little, like, pube. One pube hair oh. is in the middle. Dude. And it one little pube hair and zing. This is going to be the it second makes, podcast. It makes a V, right? It makes it like a V, right? Yeah. Not only did that happen to me, and when it happened, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to tell Michael. He'll love this. I know he'll love this. It happened three times today. What? Okay. Didn't it hurt like a motherfucker no. when the hair was in your pee hole? No, mine was in. Mine was just across. Oh. Have you ever had a pubic hair in no. the pee hole? <laughs> oh. I remember one day I was just, you know, doing my regular day time, whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, my dick hurts. And I <laughs> I go to the bathroom and I'm like, what the fuck? And you could see the little end of the uh, hair. It went in? In the pee hole, yeah. Jeez. And I pulled it out. Wait, my things. pee hole must be different than yours. Mine slams shut. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> mine, when I'm done using there ain't it, nothing getting in here. No. Uh, <laughs> so I, it was twofold. Like, it hurts like a motherfucker. Like, it's. Like, what the shit is going on? Your life revolves down around the tip of your dick, and everything's crazy. And then, the second thing, when you pull it out, it's two things. Hurts, oddly hurts, and then is the greatest relief uh, of your whole life. Yeah, no, I've, I didn't know. I just, I just experienced the PV. <laughs> and uh, not only that, you can't stop peeing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. no Bathroom is Velocity sprayed. eventually... Makes yeah. it a bit, but uh, but you spend a good like ten seconds pissing yeah. all over your bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have that, and there is no pubic hair across the pee hole. Oh, you it's just, just PV, and then it just like it starts in the PV, and then whoop, and then it's straight. You ever try to adjust, like maybe tilt your aim? Yeah. So that, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, my V is like a, if you wrote it yourself, uh, it V's out. But you, I guess you could try to yeah, yeah, sideways. Tip it. Yeah. Twist it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought of you. I thought of you when that happened. Is that weird? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Woo. This is the second podcast that we've talked about things in our pee hole. We should just rename the podcast <laughs> Things in Your Pee Hole. <laughs> it's a much catchier name, man. Things if you saw things in your pee hole. Y P H. We have to. <laughs> if you just saw things in your pee hole on, the, on your podcast, yeah. you know, that you could get a lot of to. hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They say that. Well, now we're on Who's the subject. They? What? Who's they? Them? They. Mm. Yeah. I was when I was. They're in, busy, right? They. Totally. They're like a big room, just. Yeah. Talking a lot of shit about yeah. a lot of stuff. I remember in sixth grade, I said something like, "Oh, they built this new thing," and they're and my teacher's like, "Who is they? Is that the construction workers? Then please say that." Like it was a whole issue. So anytime anybody said any of that, they're like. They were all right. The guy's working on the house, you know, pain in the ass. Mm, pain in the ass. Yeah. So anyway, I was going to continue. That's our, other, that's our other podcast, <laughs> I was Pain gonna, in the uh, Ass. I was going to continue <laughs> on the peel uh, yeah. subject, if you want to. Yeah, good. <laughs> you ever had a STD, STD test? No, I've never had like, an STD. N- not just the- Have like, you had an STD? No, but when I was- What, 19, are they going to stick a swab in there or something? When I was 19 or 20, what they- do is uh, like they give you nauseous. they just did like a regular blood test and then you know they do everything that way so uh 
uh, one of our one of our mutual friends had got uh, got the clap, got chlamydia, and uh, it was the most hilarious thing to me ever because of the chick you fucked, which then uh, transpired into chlamydia, which is very funny. And his mom was a doctor, and I'm like, this is going to be the greatest phone call in the world. Oh, he's yeah. going to call his mom mm-hmm. for the medication. So he yeah, calls you think mom. telling your exterminator about rats? His mom's like, up. Oh, <laughs> you got the clap. Yeah. Hey, mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. mm, uh. This is exactly what happened. And because uh, first he's like, he goes, I'm going to call my mom, but you know, you got to go. go. I'm not going anywhere, dude. I am listening to this fucking phone call. Who would leave when someone goes? I got to call my mom. <laughs> you have to go. No one's leaving. <laughs> Well, especially when it's, I have to call my mom because yeah, no one's I have a, chlamydia yeah. my mom's a doctor. Yeah. So he calls her and it's just like that. Uh, uh, mm, and uh, it was so strange. I could kind of hear his mom, you know, as he's holding the phone to his ear, you can kind of hear what's going on. And it You can was, hear her going, my son's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he's calling me because he has to clap. Hey, everybody. <laughs> but you could hear it go from, hey, honey, uh, how's everything going? And he's like, uh, 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 and he tells her to her, like, instantly, instantly becoming a doctor. Like, here's what you do. Here's where you go. I'm writing in the prescription. Here's how you got it. You got it. And you have to go get uh, tested for other things. So he tells me about this test. And, uh, yeah, they take a swab. And, uh, the, mm. <laughs> and he goes, mm. you think it's just like, like. Ugh. A quick deal. He's like, no, it's ah. they like twist it in there ah. and pull it back out and then swab it in a petri dish. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's the worst. <laughs> and uh, henceforth, I was monogamous. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, I wanted to thank you publicly. Oh, what did I do now? No, man. Uh, we haven't uh, had a podcast in a couple weeks, but uh, Tom Petty passed. Yeah. Since the last time. And, uh, well, I, I texted you cause you got me tickets to go see Tom Petty at the Hollywood bowl His mm-hmm. I think his second to last show. Yeah. And at the show I was texting you how awesome it was. I yeah. think all caps, right? Yeah. Several times. Yeah. No, it was so good, dude. Yeah. It was so good. I'd never seen him live. Not only was it so good, you know, there's all this weird shit going on in the world. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed Tom Petty. I enjoyed him enough that I wanted to go see him. Mm-hmm. And, um, he did a couple interesting things that, uh, as a performer, that I mean, I thought I noticed, you know. And one of them, you know, prior to him dying, obviously his fans think he's great, but your average person would not bring up Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as one of the greatest bands of all time. They would if you sort of kind of instigated or initiated the conversation. I think people would agree, but on their own, you wouldn't get that. You get the Stones, the Who. Beatles, Springsteen, right? Right. You would you wouldn't get you wouldn't get a right Tom Petty in there. It would take you're right. It would take a conversation where you start yeah. naming off all the songs yeah. that you remember. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and not only that, um, I mean, I was one of those people, right? Mm-hmm. But at the show, uh, they wouldn't go from one song right into the next. Like they'd finish the song and then the lights would go down, right? And he would very humbly, I'll describe it since we're on a podcast, but he very humbly he would outstretch his arms. And he, uh, with his kind of palms up, and he would kind of like just bow a little bit, very yeah. humbly and, and graciously, and right? And back a little away from yeah. the microphone, yeah. And, and how I took that was, so, you know, the new guy in the band has been with the band 25 years. I'm not sure which the new guy was, but the new guy's been in the band 25 yeah. years. Yeah. And it was the 40th anniversary of Damn the Torpedoes, right? Yeah. So I took that bow as a, besides being humble, I took it as like a, like him going like a, like a, Right? Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> Not right. 
Huh? Yeah. I took it as like, right? Like, did you just hear that? Right? Yeah. Like, I took it and I, and dude, I was, I had a moment where I was like, <gasps> you moved, moved. Yeah. I'm like, you are right. You know, and I was saying this before he died that whole week that I never appreciated them enough. You yeah. know, and it was really cool, dude. It was really cool to be that moved and inspired, right? I mean, it was cool. And then then I was getting off on not only that he inspired me and moved me and him in the band, but then I was getting off on that I got that feeling. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a, like a second wave, like even yeah. better, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And it's fun. There's been so much weird, negative, horrible shit going on. It was awesome, right? Yeah, we we saw him, I think, Two weeks before at the Kaboo Festival. Oh, you did in Del see Mar. him. Yeah, oh, we were in Del Mar. You, you mentioned that you were going to go. Yeah, and so it was like, dude, even better live, right? I mean, yeah, right, I mean, oh, absolutely. And what's strange is I had also seen him maybe three or four years prior. I've never to that. seen him before. And the three or four years prior to that, we saw him at this arena, the Citizens Business Bank Arena in Ontario also known as the Citizens None of Your Business Bank Arena yeah, right. in Ontario. Right. And uh, we had terrible, terrible seats way back in the corner on the top, and it was just didn't sound good. And, and we stayed only for a few songs, and we were out of there. Really? Yeah. Mm. So then, okay, fast forward now a few years later, and we go to the Kaboo Festival, which was a great day, super fun. It's kind of like a, a smaller Coachella, sort of. And um, we head over to see Tom Petty's headlining the night, and there's thousands of people standing around and we kind of move up a little bit but you didn't need to the sound system was great the video was fantastic and everyone is singing along to almost every single song and not in a way like at rock concerts a lot of times where people are like proving they know the lyrics yeah no he's moving people he's moving people. yeah when i was i was looking at him after i got that feeling i'm like first of all a ton of gratitude second like some awe you know yeah. and then third like this dude's a friggin' icon. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. Right. So, so that's the one thing for me. That part. Then the other thing that I thought was amazing as a performer was, did he did he introduce everybody in the band? Yeah. You know I mean? How about that, dude? I'm at this show. It's like about an hour and fifteen minutes in, right? Yeah. And he takes a break and he and he says he's going to introduce everybody in the band, and he tells a story about everyone. It's not like and so and so on the drums and then a drum yeah. solo. He yeah. tells a story of how they met. What they meant to him. And I'm looking around. Dude, nobody's walking around. Nobody's ignoring him. And this is like an hour and 15 minutes in a show. Everybody's high. Everybody's drunk. Everybody's right where you want to ever get an audience to. Yeah. And he starts talking for 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. And I mean, it went on so long. I was like, I wasn't bored by it, but I'm like, oh my God, this is like pretty wild. He's talking yeah. for like this long when he had him like right in the zone. Then he finishes doing that, and I think they played a song off. The, I think they played a song off the Wallflowers. I think, and um, uh, Wildflowers. The Wildflowers. Yeah. And within, I'm gonna say a minute, but it was probably 30 seconds. Everybody, right back where they were before, and I'm like, oh my god, whether you like them or don't like them, the they're masters. You know yeah. what I mean? They're masters. And the audience doesn't know. I talk to you all the time about psychology. <laughs> the audience didn't even know that he did that to them. You know what I mean? Right. They know they're enjoying it. Yeah. And they know they were enjoying it before. Then they know they were listening to everything he said. And then they know they were rocking right back where he was before. But they don't they don't realize right. like what the fuck he just did to him. And I thought it was amazing. And those stories about all the guys in the band, they're they're little bits and pieces that you'll remember, you know, about 
particular guys in the band. It, it's like, even in the moment, if you're like, why is he talking so much about this? T- tomorrow, you'll be like, hey, remember when he said, you know. Dude, this guy, the day he dies, this guy comes into my store, and this guy had built him a studio. Mm-hmm. It is house in Malibu and one in the valley. The day he died, the guy comes in, and we started talking about it. I didn't know he did that, and he goes, oh, I built him these studios. And he goes, I saw him every single day for a year. And he goes, he was the nicest guy in the world. I bet. And you know, what's interesting about that is, you know, you're famous for some weird reason. A lot of people are just looking for a reason to go, you know what happened? Yeah. I met Tom Petty <laughs> and he didn't say good morning. He was a dick. That guy's a dick. Yeah. So how nice was he that this guy saw him every day for a year and he still said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a really crazy weird day. That was the same day as the Vegas shooting, yeah. which was super weird. I have a lot of friends in Vegas, and I was making sure they're okay and all that, and the whole thing's fucking weird and unfolding and weird. And then the, then Tom Petty, and then another horrible thing. This comedian that I know from uh, Oregon, he's got his pilot's license, and that same day, or the Sunday night, that was a Monday, Sunday night, him and his wife were flying, and he crashed his Cessna, and they both died. And uh, I remember thinking, like, it was a, that was just a long, horrible day. And uh, I got home, and it was, like, really... All this other stuff that's been going on in the world sort of makes me angry, I think, you yeah, know? Yeah, But that Vegas thing was so weird. Yeah. And then it was right after the the hurricane in Puerto Rico, which made it feel kind of weird and powerless. And then Tom Petty, and it just moved me so much. It really affected me, like, yeah. more than any of these other things. And I, I instead of feeling angry, I felt like like weird and powerless and i'm like what a long horrible day yeah I and think then i everybody heard everybody was like that I think and then i heard my friend that my that that plane crash and i'm like yeah. what a fucking this is, might yeah. be one of the saddest days i've ever had yeah that uh was not of my doing and just like what a weird horrible day <laughs> yeah i agree it, it was it was an odd day i remember at the end of that day i was just like I, i'm just going to sleep i i can't yeah. Or, or like uh, my wife was like, do you want to watch Vice News on HBO? I go, no, no, no. I don't want to watch any news. I don't want to. I, no, no. And, and there's a couple other shows that we watch that we like, but they're not like uplifting type shows like The Handmaid's Tale. Have you watched that? No, it's but dark I, I, I don't and, think it was going to work anyway. I don't think you, something was going to take your. No. That was a weird day. No and, matter. Well, those things are. I'm like, I'm like, if we're going to watch anything, we just need to watch some crazy comedy or something or I'm just going to bed because I can't do this anymore today. Today is that was a rough, rough day. I was going to say about Tom Petty, like all of those songs, like like if you sit here right now, how many songs do you think you can name of Tom Petty's five? You know that you can think of quickly, but in that show, in that concert, yeah, you're like another one, another one. Oh shit, I know this one too. Yeah, I I know this one too. You know, the other thing I thought was amazing about his songs, dude, was you hear them and you're like, these are all totally current, not current because you dig them. Right, those. Timeless. 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 Like yeah. he could have wrote him a couple months ago. Yeah. And I, that, that was the other thing. It's not like like his his stuff from Damn the Torpedoes from the 70s or the early 80s. It didn't sound like that was music from the 80s. No. Like it's, you're like, this is a fucking. Yeah. And better live. I thought way better live. I agree. I, I mean, agree. Because uh, they would play like sort of the radio version of the song. That would be like the first two thirds of the song. And then where it normally ends, him and the band do some sort of. Yeah. Fucking groove. <laughs> yeah. Where they're all like. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it bums me out, man. Even still when I. Yeah. Know. He he was a, a a fantastic artist. And and 
like you said, kind of flew under the radar and you didn't even realize it until you went to that show. Yeah, underappreciated. Yeah. Which I think the lesson for me there is, and one of the reasons why I went to go see him, my son saw him at the Arroyo Seco Music Festival, and Tom Petty, the Eagles are another one for me. Whenever they'd come around, I'd be like, oh yeah, I want to go see Tom Petty or I want to see the Eagles. And I'd be like, nah, and just kind of didn't. Just took it for granted and didn't. Right. And I'm... Again, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> sure. I'm, I mean, it really meant a lot to me, and it was great to go, and I had a great time. But I really think if there's like an artist, if you're into something, if there's an artist you want to see or something you want to go check out, you, you should go check it out because you have no, you have no idea. You'll be sorry. Yeah, you will be sorry if you think don't of, go think check of them those out. times where artists, comedians, concerts whatever or play anything has come to town you've been like ah, I, i'm not i'm not gonna do it yeah and I'll do it next time and and those people have passed away yeah and yeah you, go you did you miss should. it yep or those times where you did not feel like going at all but you bucked up and you went and you were so glad you did yeah you know no i, I mean uh, i told a bunch of people I'm like yeah i was at the hollywood bowl i saw tom petty and almost every one of them I'm like oh, i wanted to go yeah i wanted to go like yeah if you uh, i texted my kids from that show yeah and my oldest son had seen him before but i texted my kids i was having such it was it was such a big deal to me. I texted my kids. The last show was on a Monday. I go, you guys should come here Monday. They got school. I go, you guys should come here Monday night, buy some tickets. I go, sit anywhere. Yeah. And you'll you'll love the show. My younger son texted me like, are you drunk? I'm like, no, I'm drunk. I just think you should go. And they didn't. And now look. Yep. You know. You know. It's interesting about him dying is you know all these other people. Even Prince uh, the was probably one of the later ones that just happened. But my oldest, uh, well, my kids. You know. Oh, they'd be like, yeah, that's sad. Prince died or whatever. But my oldest son in particular, he he seen Tom Petty and he liked him. So I think this was one of the first times where they were like, oh, yeah. I get why. Yeah. That's really a bummer. Yeah. Yep. I, I've had some that have kind of affected me in that way. Tom Petty, for sure. Prince did for me, too. Uh, what's his face? Um, David Bowie? No, the guy that committed suicide. I know that one bummed you out. Uh, come on. He Which, killed himself in Detroit. Killed himself in Detroit? Yeah. Come on. Why am I drawing a blank? I know. Metal guy. Cool voice. Oh, Chris Cornell. Yeah, I know that one bummed you up. Oh, yeah. Well, because that was like defining music for me. Yeah, I knew that 90s. one bummed you up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those I just thought were sad. Tom Petty, I mean, I think it would have bummed me out anyway, but dude, it was within a week of that happening. Yeah. It was like, whoa. Yeah, uh, yeah that, thing's, that stuff's rough. Speaking of not rough, though, and seeing artists that you want to see, I saw Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, you got to tell me about that in a minute. Yeah. Well, you ready to talk about that? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> or did you have more that you want yeah, to go. talk about? So uh, my mom bought tickets. My mom is a huge comedy fan also. And uh, she bought four tickets, and then my wife, me, and my mom went. So there's like a extra seat. My mom purposely does that. She's like, I could spread out. I could put my oh, purse next nice. to me. Right? So she's, she's all excited, and she loves Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, we went to the show, and my mom had seen him before at this same place, the Fox Theater in Riverside, California. And so uh, my mom had seen him before, and I, I was like, all right, Jerry Seinfeld, that's cool. I know that he's an icon, and he's funny, and, I, you know. But I wasn't like, shit, man, I'm seeing Eddie Murphy. You know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like I was. What's the uh, oh, crowd? What's uh, what, what's the demographics of the crowd at the ran show? The, ran the gamut, dude. Mm. Uh, from, Black people? Uh, a few, yeah, mm. that I noticed, yeah. Uh, but, like, age-wise, Anything from 20, 18, 19, 20, all the way up to 
you know. Mostly white, though? Mostly white, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so we went, and again, I wasn't like over the, I was like, yes, this is going to be fun and exciting, and I love that theater there, and of course, Jerry Seinfeld's an icon, it's going to be awesome. How many does it hold? Um, maybe 1,500. Okay, cool. Not a huge Yeah, cool. Place. Mm-hmm. So you could feel the juju in there? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go to the show, and um, uh, Larry Miller opened for him. And mm-hmm. I guess they've been friends mm-hmm. for a really long time. And I, I didn't realize who he was until so he came out. I'm like, oh, I love this guy. Yeah, character actor. Yeah. He was a, I mean, he is a comedian, but he started yeah. kind of being in little bit parts here and there. Yeah. People would wreck if you if you saw him and you didn't know who he was, you would you'd be like, oh, that dude. Yeah. So he came out and I'm like, oh, I know this guy. And my wife sitting next to me. I'm like, and I start going. He does this bit about. It. She's like, shut the fuck up, man. I want to see what he's gonna do. He was fantastic, and it seemed like his set went by like that, like that mm. done. That's so funny because I have not heard of him performing. Well, it probably opens for Seinfeld all the time, but I haven't heard of him performing. So that's nice that he was. Yeah. Tight, funny, great. Mm-hmm. And but it seemed like his set was over f- super fast. Well, maybe I don't. It seemed like I don't know if it was. Maybe I just really enjoyed nah, it. You get a beat on the time. What do you think he did? Like fifteen minutes? Yeah, maybe fifteen, twenty yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then he's like, "Thank you," and he walks off stage. And I'm thinking, "Okay, we're gonna have a few minutes." No, the minute Larry is at, Miller is out of the view of the stage, Seinfeld comes running out, like running full speed, run out of the stage. Grabs the mic and said, and he goes, "We made it, we made it." And his first opening thing was like, "You found the tickets, you got in the car, you took a shower, You're like the whole thing to get to the show," which I thought was so hilarious. And that guy commanded that room like I have not seen in stand up in years, like forever. It, he had that place on fire, and it was like punch after punch after punch just like the minute you stop laughing you're laughing at the next thing so fast he i walked out of there and i go that's it he's the king he wins that he that was the best live comedy show i've ever wow. seen yeah it was fantastic well those kind of shows are interesting when people are really jacked up to see a certain person that is definitely a different mood yes However, I think this particular show, something, you know, like when you've seen bands and they have like the really good night, I think this was like a really good night. Like he was super strong and moved quickly from subject to subject and kind of wove things together and talked about some local things in a, in a, like a, a, like he was just on it that day. You could tell like that it was a little more special that time. And uh, it was really. It's funny because great. you like sort of gritty comedy. Yeah. And he's like anti gritty. Yeah. So, but he's still. Because so fucking clever, man. Mm, right? 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 You're not a fan? No, I'm not not a fan. I think if you would have been to that show, that particular show, just the vibe of. No, what you was can't not, that not night. be a fan. Obviously, he's, he's uh, a master. So. Yeah. Um, but that night in particular was, I think. Like something was grooving a little better. It just felt like that to me. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I do like the the grittier. Yeah, it's interesting you because you know there's nothing. Yeah, but it wasn't as clean as like you'd think it would be either. You know, like it was a little. I don't mean clean or dirty, but it's like you know, what what is it? It's observational. But it's yeah, like you know, right? Mm -hmm. 
I don't know, man. It was great. I had a great time, and I was very thankful to my mom. That I don't know, have it. HBO, but HBO uh, had the free preview, so I watched the um, premiere of the new Curb Your Enthusiasm. Did you Me watch too. that? Of course I did. Yeah, and what was great about that <laughs> is, since it was a free preview, and I, I actually, I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention that I was going to watch it. I'm like, oh, shit, I should watch uh, the new Curb. And then I didn't realize this, but I didn't watch like the last two seasons and they had like a marathon. Mm-hmm. So I recorded like the last 10. I watched them and I'd never seen them <laughs> and great. It was so much fun oh, to watch yeah. those. Oh yeah. I mean, was, and uh, I think maybe the, it might've been the last curb. No, it wasn't. The last one was, uh, well, I think it was uh, about him getting a divorce. So maybe one right before the last one was um, he had the Seinfeld reunion. Yeah. Which is, genius yeah i mean all if you remember that to back to that time you know people had ripped on the seinfeld reunion Mm -hmm. and not only that they were never doing a reunion so he basically gets all those people back on his show which is like Mm -hmm. such a cool funny clever yeah interesting way my um my uh oldest son had never seen any other any curb and adam watch him and i'm like Talk about weaving everything together. I'm like, this dude's a master. Like oh, everything yes. comes back to everything. Yeah. And uh, we watched some of these. My yeah, my kid's not seen a sitcom like that. I mean, it was so funny and yeah, yeah. And from the minute that show starts, I I'm laughing. Like I'm already giggling yeah. just even at his facial expressions, at the stupid things. It's all shit that I think too. And I'm like, do you like Curb oh. better than Seinfeld, or do you like yeah. Seinfeld better than Curb? No, Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, like right. Better. Yeah, yeah. Because it's because it's grittier. It's a little more, and and because its ridiculous factor is different. Like the Seinfeld ridiculous factor, sitcomy ridiculous. Yeah, Curb was a HBO sitcom. It was yeah. a different. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like a different. Yeah. Thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and I I only saw the first one this week. They just had the second one. Yeah. But I didn't see that. But the first one it's was fantastic. Great. Yeah. They're, it's all great. Everybody's just a little older. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that. Yeah. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. It's so good. I started, I really got into a la- the Last Man on Earth. Yes, you told me about. Uh, I'm. I'm. Are you all caught up? Because the new season started. I'm not totally caught up. Oh my I'm, god! I'm, I'll tell you where I am. I'm at the point now where, um, the other Phil Miller was uh, was in the stockade. He's the only guy I didn't like. Was in the stockade. I didn't like Black Phil. And Black Phil was like, I'm leaving for Canada, and then he doesn't leave for Canada. That's where I am. Yeah, I, I. That's the only part of the show I didn't like. Did you like? Do you like Black Phil? Uh, no, I, I kind of like everyone's reactions to Black. Yeah, Phil. but Black Phil's—he's so mean to uh, to Tandy. <laughs> Tandy, this, this is the funniest thing ever, man. You're such a Tandy. Is- Wait, dude, it gets even better. It just uh, keeps getting better. Yeah. But what a genius! Come on. That, oh yeah. Because you're like, well, how they? What are they gonna do here? He's he's the only guy, and then he meets somebody like that, and then and you're like, oh, everything they're doing is. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, season just started. Awesome. That show is awesome. Yeah, it's really great. Really, really great. great. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I, I think I told you that, um, uh, what's his face, the uh, star of that show? Uh, oh, I'm going to have one of these nights where I just can't remember <laughs> I can't remember anything. Remember the names either. What the, oh my God. Here, look it up. I remember I was telling you, you know, when he was on Saturday Night Live, all, all he did was, um, not all he did, but he had that uh, uh, MacGruber. MacGruber, and you're like, yeah, and I think I told you on a yeah. different podcast that I've heard other po- uh, uh, podcasts, I mean, other uh, cast members say that he's like one of the funniest dudes ever, and then you watch 
last man on earth and you're like he is a really really funny dude and I like, mean, he's a really good actor yeah that's what i was gonna say like a comedic actor yeah he's so super good. funny yeah. i mean i don't know if he could do other stuff other than how he's being on that show but he is great will forte will forte yeah they're all good on that will forte Kristen shaw january jones yeah dude believe me the show gets exponentially better from where you're at right now. All right, good. Have you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet? I've not watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet. Mm. You got to watch this show called Long Shot. All right. It's a, it's just one show. It's a documentary, and there's a link to Curb Your Enthusiasm. One of the guys from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has shopped at my pet food store. Oh, yeah? Joe Lotruglio. Yeah, I think you talked about him before. Yeah, and that doesn't hurt because the guy's so friggin' nice. <laughs> I've never taken a picture with like a star, like not somewhere like that. Yeah. And I took a, I took a picture with him. Cool. And uh, no, and he's like the nicest guy. And I even told him like what I liked about the show. And uh, and it's like, still going. That show still. Yeah, that that, yeah. that shit just started up again. Also, because I think we watched maybe the first few episodes when it first came out, and then great show. We didn't continue, but I'll, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. Great show. But yeah, Last Man on Earth. Uh, my wife hasn't been watching. I've been watching it on my own. She's like, ah, I think I'm out. She yeah. And I go, I go. Uh, yeah, let's, you gotta watch it again. So she said she would, but, you know, I'm not waiting for it, because I feel like I'm so no, far. that show is so good. I'm, I'm at the part also. Where are they, are they in Malibu now? Yeah, they're yeah, in Malibu, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. He just, uh, you know, he's on the space station. Yeah. He just got shot out of the space oh, station. Oh, yeah. That's the last mm. episode I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And I think everyone does an awesome job. The timing is fantastic everybody's awesome who's the fat guy he's fucking funny oh, as God. hell too did he do did he do did they have the show where he was uh uh he popped and locked and said he was a break dance no. oh my god no, but i he love did. the bacon episode did, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah it's super good yeah. i um i did a big comedy fundraiser uh i don't know if i ever told you this but it was like months ago i was um I did a show at the Ice House, and then a few days later, um, this actress, Nancy Allen, I think she was in the in Terminator, she called me. She had called the Ice House and got my phone number, and she called me up to tell me how funny she thought I was, and it was really nice because, I mean, she's a performer. It's, uh, to be honest with you, like a lot of times when people say nice things, it's sort of weird. Yeah. It, it's a little weird, um, yeah. even though that's the goal. Yeah. But it's a little weird. But what she said that she liked was, it was rather specific. It wasn't like, oh, I like this joke. She said some complimentary things on a kind of a deeper level. It wasn't just a compliment. What'd she say? Uh, just about my uh, approach and certain little things I did or, you know, my skill set. And it was like, oh, shit. She, she, it wasn't just about- Like she really took it all in. Yeah, it wasn't just about, oh, that dude was funny. It was like, right. oh, she appreciated the way I did what I did, not right. what I did. And um, she appreciated enough to call me. And she's like, oh, I do this cancer fundraiser every year for this organization called We Spark. And would you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll do it. So anyway, she ended up calling me. They were honoring uh, Tommy Chong. Right. So Cheech and Chong, they were both there. Nice. Uh, that was pretty funny because he won, like, I guess they were honoring some, I don't know if it was man of the year or person of the year or exactly what the designation was. Yeah. But, uh, if you, what, what would you, how long would you believe? Uh, so th here's the deal. It's like a dinner. Okay. It's like a, you know, like a buffet dinner, some apps, right? And then, sure. and then all those fundraisers, they're there to raise money, right? Sure. So they're, they're there to raise money for WeSpark and WeSpark, uh, provides, 
um, uh, all these different things for people that are going through cancer and it's all free. There's support groups, there's massage, there's meditation. I didn't know this, but I guess sometimes when you're going through chemo, you're gaining weight and losing weight. So they have like a free clothing exchange and just all, all the stuff. It was, it was really cool. Another thing where, you know, you're around so much negativity to be around. Like, uh, I, I met this woman who had, I think stage three cancer and now she's cancer free. And I was just talking to her and she was really cool and grateful. And it's just interesting to be around people like that. Yeah. And then, uh, one of the people that uses the resources that we spark got up and spoke and that was cool just to hear her talk about, you know, how much it meant to her and why they even created it. You know, this woman had cancer and she wanted everybody that she had money and she wanted people to have access to all these things that she had and she wanted it to be for free. So she started uh, awesome. the organization. Yeah. So it was really right. cool. So anyway, they have like a dinner and then they have this like speaker come up from WeSpark. Well, uh, Nancy Allen went up and, you know, thanked everybody and gave a little history. And then this woman came up to talk about how the organization helped her. And then after that, um, Mark Wahlberg, uh, not the uh, actor Mark Wahlberg, the comedian, mm -hmm. and I think he's the host of, like, Antiques Roadshow or something. Yeah. Yeah, he came on. Real nice guy. Didn't he, he, he's hosted a bunch of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 like some big TV shows. Yeah, game uh, shows. And, yeah, game and shows. And things stuff, like yeah. that, yeah, yeah. So he came on. He was, you know, going to ask for, you know, money and raise money. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they were going to honor Tommy Chong. And then after that, it was this comedy show. And it was me, Alonzo Bowden, Wendy Liebman, Billy Gardell. Wow, cool. Um, this guy, Eric Schwartz, uh, Cristela Alonzo. Um, so then we were going to go on, right? And um, <clears throat> so how long would you think if you were being recognized, if you're Tommy Chong and you're being recognized, how, how long would you think you would speak for? So I'm Tommy Chung. You're I've Tommy been Chung. recognized. They, you, said, they call you up they and they're going to give you the up. award. Well, actually, they played some clips, mm -hmm. right? Then Cheech Marin went up mm -hmm. and Cheech talked for like a minute or two. Okay. Talked about how great Tommy Chong was. Sure. And I didn't know Tommy had cancer once or twice. Okay. Um, and he you know, mentioned that and that's that was the connection to the organization. And he, you know, mm -hmm. has uh, dealing with cancer or dealt with cancer. Mm -hmm. And then they were honoring him, right? Yeah. Okay, so then he gets introduced. They honor him, and he c goes up to up. the podium. Yeah. How, how long do you think that that that? <laughs> and now it's his time to speak. Yes, how long and you say something? Be? Yeah, how long do you think that'll be? He's the he's the guest of honor. Yes. <clears throat> at, at the most, ten minutes. Yeah. At the shortest, five minutes. Right. I want to say it was like thirty minutes. Really. And it was so long that uh, they had to give him the light, which was funny because he's being honored. I don't know if anyone <laughs> that was ever getting a man of the year or woman of the year ever got the light, right? Did people notice or oh, did yeah, you just notice? No, dude, because it was literally like talking to like a stoner, right? Because Hey, man, it, 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 it was like that. Well, by the way, about that, about the hey, man, you yeah. know what I noticed was do you know everyone, not everyone, but most people that do their stoner voice, they're doing Tommy Chong. Of course. Hey, man. It's Tommy Chong and yeah. Cheech. That's the two. But Cheech was a different. Uh, right. So, Cheech was like, uh, so you know, like, like, I, I, I knew his old lady. Yeah. She could make that. Right. But Ch Tommy Chong was like, yeah, man. So like, <laughs> right. I realized like, oh, my God, almost whenever anybody <laughs> impersonates a stoner. He's the originator of the stoner doing, voice. Yeah, they're doing Tommy Chong. That's right. Yeah. But um, 
Uh, so, yeah, he gets the light, but uh, somebody from the organization, not a big muckety-muck, but somebody kind of, like, apologized to me that it was going on so long. And, uh, you know, but I'm like, well, what did you think was going to happen? I'm pretty sure he said he was got high before, and he gets high all the time, and he's a weed activist. So he just like, kept going. You're giving a huge stoner the uh, microphone. <laughs> did you think it was going to be some Was weird- it rambling like that, or did he, or was he prepared and sort of had a, a, a direction? And- I don't know if it was prepared, but it started off about God, and okay. then it turned into uh, weed. Okay. Uh, then it turned into something about how Donald Trump was pretty awesome. Okay. And uh, not, I don't recall anything about cancer. Weird. The, it was, I mean. I'll, were people laughing? Was it funny? No, they I were getting it was, bored. It was, it was like, yeah, I don't know about bored either because he's, um, he's an icon of comedy. And people were there, a lot of people were there probably to see him. Yeah. But I, you know, they weren't do you, not. Do you feel like it was a premeditated thing where he's like, hey, I'm going to do my stutter voice. No, like, yeah, I, think man, he, I think I'm going to have to do like 30 minutes. I think he was. Um, riffing. I think he was, you know, probably under the influence and just uh, talking. And it was, uh, you know, disjointed and whatever. I mean, I guess it's kind of cute or whatever because you're like, yeah, it's Tommy Chong. But but it was also kind of odd. They gave him the, they gave him the light. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's good. That's funny. Yeah. So, what did um, he say when he got the light? They're giving me the light, man. I oh, gotta wrap man, this uh, up. Yeah, um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> he was doing that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, conversely, after the show, I was walking by and I saw Cheech. And uh, what I thought was interesting about him, not because he told me I did a nice job, but he told me I did a nice job and he said my name. Uh-huh. You know, he goes, Peter Berman, you did a very nice job. And I was like, I, I just, it's a weird little thing, but I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, there's yeah. people that are in a show and they don't remember your name. Yeah. Just people. Yeah. And the fact that, and I'm sure he didn't just remember my name because he didn't like send me a card later or call or <laughs> ask my phone number. So it was just like, go, hey man, let me put my phone yeah, number in your right. phone real quick. You know, he's just the kind of guy I was. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, that he's, you know, kind of yeah. on it. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. But, um. Uh, I did not prepare anything, uh, and it was, you know, a big deal. You don't want to not, you don't ever want to not do well, but you know, it was, you know, but, kind, you, but uh, you got, you got plenty in your back pocket at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but even still, you know, and, um, I think they told what me would you normally do for something well, like that, but, that would be preparing. Would you, cause you're not trying to, no, I don't really ever that. prepare like, yeah. like, uh, that, but, um, do you mean just like a, a mental preparedness? No. I mean like what, what I was going to talk about. Okay. So, um, uh, Billy Gardell from Mike and Molly. Do you know mm-hmm. Billy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I've worked with Billy, uh, like once or twice and, um, also not just because he said that I was funny, but you know, when people would come up and he would introduce me, Billy would be like, this is a funny motherfucker. He's very funny. And it wasn't like, it wasn't just like that. It was really, really nice of him to, he could have said, this is Peter or he's funny. He, I don't know, whatever that little extra thing yeah. was. And he's always been that way to me, which yeah, yeah, some of it's because he's really nice to me, but also the fact that he's really nice to me, is that yeah, making sense? Like, sure. Some of it makes me feel nice because he's being very nice to but me. But you can tell but he's being spe- genuine about it. It speaks to the kind of guy he is that he is, like, giving and generous. Sure. But also that because in the way that he said it, it isn't, like, his routine, this guy's really funny. It's He actually means yeah, it. Yeah, he's being yeah. genuine. So, right. I mean, some of it is, I mean, it's noticeable the way he's conducting himself which is really nice and mm-hmm. generous and giving. 
And then another part is he's being nice about me or to me. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. But uh, so it was cool to see him and he ended up closing the uh, the show. He was really funny. But uh, they told me, um, I think they initially said I was going to do 15 minutes and then I think they said 10 that night and it was going on long and nobody was giving the comedians the light, but I've been doing it a long time and yeah. I've never I've never really understood comics who have been doing it this long that really don't know the difference between... <laughs> Uh, right, because don't you like here, have... like here, here, like check it out. You can look over and see how long we've been talking, right? Yeah. So I have no idea, and a podcasting it's is a new different. to me. Sure. I'm gonna say forty minutes to people over there. I got, I got to look closer. Yeah. Forty-three. Pretty good, right? Forty-three. That's that's not good. bad. That's yeah. Pretty good. I, I mean, gonna, I was gonna say thirty. Yeah, yeah. So. I got like a little internal clock. So I mean, anyway. I was mindful myself, another comedian, very mindful of making sure not to go long yeah. and getting off. But uh, what was interesting did, was, did most of the comics do that? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, anyway, I think the previous week, actually, what? Back to Tom Petty for a second. Wait, wait, wait! Yeah. Don't forget Tom Petty. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh. Tommy Chong talks for 30 minutes mm-hmm. straight, and then it's comedy show time. Yeah, this uh, comedian, Alonzo Bowden, who won last comic yeah, stand. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, like he was sort guy. of um, emceeing the entire evening. Sure. So he emceed the very beginning before yeah. he so, he introduced- um, So how long is this now? Like People are showing up at seven, right? They're eating. Correct. That's it, why it's not supposed to go that long. Is there maybe like a silent auction for other to raise more money and no, all that? No, there's other? no more of that. All right. And then, okay, so then there's dinner, there's drinks, there's appetizers, yeah, so, there's there's speaker and then another speaker and then Tommy Chong 30. Like how many hours right, now? Right, right. So, so check it out. So I was told in a previous year uh, or previous years- that uh, it went on too long. And the comedy's at the end. And not that they, I mean, it's really about raising money, but they're using the comedy show. And there's that many comics. It wasn't like you just named off two or three. Right, but so they're using the comedy show as a, a, and honoring someone as a way to give people their money's worth, right? So I guess in previous years, it it went long. So yeah, they purposely scheduled it to be a rather tight Mm -hmm. dinner, blah, 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 raise some money. Nice and clean and neat, not a big damn deal. Give us some money if you want to. Mm-hmm. Then this comedy show, right? So it was going long, man. It was getting very long. Yeah. And it's um, like a bunch of people got up. Uh, uh, Christella Alonzo went, and then uh, and then the last act was um, uh, Billy Gardell. And when Christella got off, like I want to say like 30, 40 people got up and left, which is a bummer. I mean, yeah. the ones that stayed loved it. Billy crushed, and he, he did it like a long set. Yeah. And he he's entitled to. He was closing the, the damn thing sure but um and they wanted them to you know if he wrapped it up any earlier the people that say would have been bummed but yeah and he didn't give these people shit it's not a comedy club billy understands like the circumstance sure. and where he was yeah. but it's kind of weird that it went on so long that people wanted to get up and leave and they did leave before billy like that's not the goal yeah but um so uh um, thanks tommy chong <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a legend and an icon and man of the year, so you can't really say any of that I stuff. can say it. I, I think Billy there. did crack on him. Oh, good. I think Billy was like, you know, tighten it up next time, which was pretty ballsy and funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That breaks attention. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was pr- pretty ballsy and funny. Um, so, uh, um, well, a couple things. So, back to the Tom Petty thing. I was having such a good time at Tom Petty, and my wife and I were talking about some things, 
and I was having a great time. So I I started like thinking of jokes, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like I, that was another thing. I'm you thinking inspired. of jokes. Are, yeah, and I was typing them into my phone and typing yeah. some jokes. So I think the week before this uh, thing, like a week before, uh, oh, you were supposed to come to um, that speakeasy mm-hmm. show. We were going to do a thing again. It got moved. Food, yeah. It got moved. And uh, so I did that show in the new location, and there was not many people there. And when I got there, and I was tired, dude. And uh, when I got there, the guy who runs it, he's like, you want to go up like second? I'm like, do I? <laughs> Hell yeah. So I had a bunch of new jokes that I've written. A couple of them were uh, political. I don't do political comedy. Yeah. So that was sort of interesting because I always talk to you. I talk to you about the psychology of doing a joke, right? And whether it's true or not, I'll just say it's true for me, right? Okay. So what's interesting about when you tell a joke and you like set up a joke is I can sort of get a bead or a sense of, whether the audience is in or not by these weird things that are hard to describe, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't do political comedy. So I wrote these new political jokes and uh, I was going to do them at this speakeasy thing and it was weird. It was uh, totally, besides it being a new joke, sure. it was weird because I'm like, oh, this is, uh, I'm not sure how to gauge sure. people. But one of them I did was, um, I said when I was uh, younger, I... Um, I uh, really had no spirituality. I wasn't very spiritual or anything. And uh, I didn't believe in the power of prayer. But then as I got older and I had kids and I got married, I started to believe in the power of prayer. And I go, but now I don't believe in the power of prayer at all because everybody I know and slightly more than half of all Americans are praying every day that some really bad shit happens to our president (laughs) and nothing has happened yet. (laughs) So the power of prayer... Has to be complete bullshit. bullshit yeah. Right? So, uh, but you could gauge by my face as you yeah, were doing that yeah, joke. That like, you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could see as you're getting close to yeah. the punchline. I'm like, ah, I see right. where he's going. Yeah. So, uh, there was that one. Then I did another one about Don Jr. I'll give you the gist, the gist. But another one about Don Jr. changing his story about why he met with the Russians at Trump Tower. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, po- political feelings aside. The balls on this guy, right? <laughs> I mean, first he says that he was meeting the Russians about adopting kids, right? Then he changed the story a second time, and it was about some shit with the emails and the New York Times story, and he released his emails, right? Mm-hmm. Then he just testified in front of Congress, and he changed his story again yeah. for the third time. Right. And I'm like, really, just the balls that <laughs> on the record, he's just going to change the story three times. I'm like, no one can fucking do that, but he's doing it. I'm like, that'd be like the cops showing up at your house and going, all right, we know there's a dead body here. Where is it? And you're going, uh, it's, it's in the trash. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. It's in my garage. But hold on, hold on, hold on. What body? That's what it's <laughs> That's like. That's exactly right. So that and then a couple other a couple other things. So anyway, I'm at this uh, We Spark thing, and um, I did them at the open Mikey thing to like 20 people, and I'm like, you know, so I'm at We Spark, and I do like one or two jokes, and uh, uh, I'm like, fuck it, and I just did all those new jokes. And? and it, yeah, it was really Chilled. fun. Nice. Yeah, it was really fun, and yeah, they worked really well, and it was really fun because it was like exciting for me to... I could have just stopped doing them too. You know what I mean? Sure. I've told you that before. Like, I I mean, they don't know they're new and I know they're new and I could bail on them whenever I want, but it was really fun because I did almost all of them. Cool. 
I had another, I'm giving you the gist. I've only done them like once or twice, but uh, another one was uh, I'm laying in bed with my wife and she's like rubbing my chest with her hand. <laughs> and my wife starts going, I'm not going to, you know, do anything. And I'm like, when she's like, I'm not going to do this. And I'm not gonna do that. And I go, I go, really? Is that is that where we're at now? I go, it used to be. Uh, you want me to? You want me to do that? Yeah, yeah. I want you to do that. Oh, you do. You want me to do that? Yeah, yeah. Do that. Oh, you want me to do that, huh? I go, I go. Now you're telling me what you're not, not gonna, gonna do. do yeah. I go. By the way, uh, I would have known you're not gonna do it when you weren't doing it. Like <laughs> listing it is just rude, that's, right? It's torturous. Torturous. Like that's not necessary. Uh, did that. Um, I had another one about um, everybody's so tense now, right? Everybody's so tense that I go, I think I found a way to get out your anger but still make positive change in the world. Okay. I think we should all start yelling at one another but just start yelling really positive shit at people. <laughs> and then I just started yelling, you know, go, that you, sandwich you made is delicious. <laughs> your hair looks amazing. Right. It's fun. It's totally yeah. fun. Yeah. Thank you for using your turn signal. I knew where you were going. <laughs> That's all right. Come on in the lane. I'm flashing my brights at you. Come on over. Right. That's great. Donating to charity is responsible and kind. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, so I did that, and um, yeah, fun. Very nice. Yeah, it's good. That was it. Was fun to do. Yeah, and it was fun to be in a room with uh, Cheech and Chong. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and watch other very funny comedians be really funny. All the comedians were really funny. It was it was super fun, man. Yeah, yeah, it was super fun. You ever been on a show where or a show like that where there's multiple comedians and you get a vibe from one of them like they don't want you to do well no because it seems like it seems like it would be best if the person ahead of you is killing right because then if you got good material like it kind of keeps things moving well i actually followed wendy liebman and wendy liebman i don't know if she's been on the tonight show but she's definitely been on letterman or maybe vice versa and uh if you google her and look her up you'll see but super funny and she's like a uh kind of one-liners and jokes and yeah uh i was actually telling her beforehand we we've probably both been doing comedy around the same amount of time and we've never worked together we've been at places the same but just kind of one of those things we've never worked together so she went up before me and it was super tight it was like 10 minutes and super tight and really funny yeah and it was like oh that that's you know that was awesome you know yeah. i mean yeah she just totally set it up perfectly so it was awesome to follow her and she asked me to do her a show of hers in a couple of months so i'm gonna looking forward to doing uh she's a show in the see, valley see that's how it's supposed to work yeah everyone's kind of moving the funny along right that yeah i mean at, at, a, you... at, a sh at a show like that though i mean we were all asked to be there, right? Yeah. And we were asked to be there uh, because people respected our ability. And, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I for sure think I held my own, but Alonzo Bowden won Last Comic Standing. Wendy Liebman's been on a bunch of late-night television. Billy Gardell is a sitcom, and he starred in movies. Yeah. Uh, Cristela Alonzo is a Latina comedian. She had her own show recently called Cristela. I think, I, I said to my wife, I'm the only person... Huh. on the show who didn't have, doesn't a, TV, have a sitcom show, yeah. or something and i you know i mean i totally held my own but because of that and and also that i've been doing it so long so i think it was um when you were saying you're getting a weird vibe i mean 
everybody was there to do their thing and you got to be, you know, just respectful and mindful of everybody. Like I probably could have gone long and fucked over whoever was after me, but that ain't cool. Right. And, and everybody there is too cool to And not to really fuck the over. vibe of that entire show, no. the, the whole thing anyway. It was a, yeah. a, a fundraiser yeah. and a thank you yeah. for cancer yeah. awareness. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, yeah, being around a bunch of really good comics who are all different and just seeing them do their things mm-hmm. were that was uh, a lot of fun and cool and it was i was you know really happy to to uh be a part of that and have been asked to do it so that was really cool i mean i felt like besides doing it and it being for a good cause i mean it was you know flattering that they asked me to yeah to do it isn't it cool you were talking about at the tom petty show that even at the tom petty show the vibe of that show was so good that you were even thinking joke thinking of jokes and things for you, yeah, because for you as an artist, yeah, that's what he, yeah, yeah, made me feel so happy. And yeah, I feel during like, one of his songs, I said to my wife, I go, You could play this song at my funeral. <laughs> and I don't like talking about dying, yeah, yeah. And my wife goes, Really? Is that what we're doing now? We're picking out funeral songs. <laughs> I'm like, I guess so, because right. I just picked one out, yeah. So, but, but you were saying that, and like for me, doing stuff for radio where I'm making these promos, and I, they always have to have an angle, it can't just be we got concert tickets, you're gonna win. We always try to put some kind of spin on it, make it funny, make it interesting, make it different you know, do a parody song, whatever it is. But to me, like, it's not just radio that would inspire me or funny commercials that inspire me. It could be anything. It Feeling could be, good. It could be riding a roller coaster right? at Disneyland. Yeah. It, it could be any of that stuff that will, it's, that can inspire me. But it usually has to do with someone else's creative uh, endeavor or their, something that was interesting and different and, and really, even like I was saying, like a roller coaster at Disneyland, someone came up with this idea yeah. to do it, and they themed it, and th- that's when. Well, that's what's such a bummer about how toxic everything is now, yeah. dude. No matter what your, you know, whose side you're on, or whatever you want to call it in politics, I mean, dude, everybody's, everybody's fucking bummed. Even if you're a Trump supporter, and I'm not, but even if you're a Trump supporter, you're bummed, aren't you? Because everybody hates your fucking guy. It's yeah. not like it's not like if you're a Trump supporter, you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> we, we're just having the greatest time. And you're just constantly defending the guy and going, why are you fucking with him and why do you hate him, right? Yeah. Like, And then I you're mean, defending yourself because yeah, everybody I mean, hates you. Right, and other people that hate him for sure hate him. So it's just like toxic and shitty and horrible. So yeah, I mean, I think obviously if people were... I don't know, feeling better. I mean, I don't know what toll that's taken on everybody. It doesn't seem like a good one. I'm not a, well, you can, I'm not a psychiatrist we'll or just, a psychologist, but I mean, everybody constantly sort of coping and dealing with this shitstorm that's going on all the time. It's got to be affecting people on a daily basis. And they don't even know and it. And look at look at what comedians on television are even saying about like uh, Trump being the president. The, remember, it was like it's only been a month. It's only been four months. It's only been 10 months it feels like it's already been four years that's the thing like everything is dragged down to this well even that comedy that you're talking about those are comedians and saturday live they're making fun of our politics so even when you're laughing and they're making jokes about them it's cool and funny and creative and awesome but it's still about the topic that you're trying to yeah. avoid in a way, they're right? Like that you, out about yeah, that you're place. bummed out. I mean, that's what's funny that you're like, oh, they made it funny, or it's like minded, or or they zing the guy that you don't like, but yeah. or some kind of roast, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's yeah. still about the same thing. So yeah, I think when you get a chance to be inspired or moved outside of that, like it has a huge impact. Now, I mean, you should, people should figure out how to do that. Yeah, I heard this Tom Petty quote, uh, uh, something that he said. I guess it was from an interview, but um, I thought this was super cool was um, 
you know he was abused a lot as a kid? I guess his dad abused him, either like physically or emotionally. Or I think don't and that usually go hand in hand. You don't usually get physical abuse and not emotional, <laughs> don't you? I think you can get emotional but not physical. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this was super cool. I've been thinking about this a lot and telling other people this. This this is worth sharing. Okay. And I'm, I might not have the quote exactly, but he basically said that Tom Petty said that he found a way to forgive people in his life for the things they've done to him no matter how heinous or horrible the thing is, he was able to find forgiveness for Mm -hmm. them. But if he was not able to forgive them, then he forgave himself. And I thought, that's super cool. He forgave himself for for not being able to forgive forgive them. Like, like, that's okay. It's okay for me not to be able to forgive them. Yeah. Is that an awesome loophole? I don't mean loophole like sneaky. Like me and you have a beef, and I just cannot let it go. I cannot forgive you. And I know forgiveness is the key to happiness, right? You got to let go. But I just can't let go. So I finally go, okay, I can't forgive Michael for doing that. So then I forgive myself. <laughs> it sounds a little dickheaded. For not being it a, no, little, Now I that I'm awesome. thinking about it, no, I think it's, awesome. it's a bit of a dickhead. I just think it's, I, I, it's, I, like, it's like saying, I'm sorry you feel that way. No. I'm I, sorry that what I said bothered I think it's you. A, I think it's a, a way to find some like uh, peace to move on. And whether that's doing it to yourself, probably. It's, probably, yeah, it's yeah. still kind of dickish. Don't make me come over. I forgive you for saying that. <laughs> no, you know, you forgive yourself. I forgive yourself. myself for you. I for, no, I thought it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it is a kind of a no. dickhead loophole. God rest his soul. I can't believe you're. <laughs> I'm all for it, man. I like dickhead loopholes. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm. I'm sorry you feel that way. Is what it is. No. It's 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 forgiving. It can't be because he's saying it to himself. What? <laughs> he's not going. I can't forgive you, so I'm going to forgive myself for not being able to forgive you. He just. Ah, uh, it's like na 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 na. No. Yeah, it is. Uh, I can't forgive you, so uh, fuck you. I'll forgive myself and fuck you. And that's okay. I'm cool with that. Maybe. I'm cool with that. Maybe. Especially if it was because of physical abuse. Because I'm free. <laughs> free falling. And I won't back down. <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, should we that wrap it up? That was good, yeah. All right. Awesome. Comedy Podcast Rooney.